This is a podcast. Oh. A Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Really? Where we play Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, and it's super fun. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure for all ages. I am your host and dungeon master, Paul, and today I'm joined by one friend of mine. Hey, I'm his friend. I'm the, I'm the one. <laughs> the only. Yes. Felicia! Yes. I play Misk. It's been a minute. Yeah, a little bit. We'll get around to some of those other guys here in a bit, but before all that, some special times, some special, special times with Misk. Extra special times. You're welcome, audience. So have you guys been wondering like where Misk is? You know, what she's doing? Is she alive? Hmm. What's she doing? What do you think she's doing? I don't know what she's doing. Let's find out. Ooh. You, you want to find out? I want to find out. Let's roll this D20. Ooh. You want to? This blue one? Do it. E, that don't look so good for you. That's a two. Well, this is it, guys. Misk breaks free today. Uh, no, we got a two. Two on that blue D20. So last time on Make Believe Heroes, our adventurers finally made their way back to the Rebel base, where they met with Aranis, Zahn, John Varig, and Brianna to discuss what they discovered during their ambush on the agents of Braxton Tarek there on the road north of the base. They came back and they showed them the note, which read, What was chained will be unleashed. What was chained will be unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some creepy things happened. Some dead things came back to life. There were some natural ones rolled. And just all around good times. And then Zahn, upon discussing a little bit about this, decided that things would be better if they did not know about, quote, what was chained, end quotes. And so he erased all of their memories. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what's up That's with that. Crazy. Interessante. Muy interessante. But thereafter, they discussed what they're going to do about this army heading toward Branchar. And I believe the three of them agreed to go to Branchar with Zahn's help to try and get into the good graces of Braxton Tarek and see if they couldn't figure out a way to stop this from the inside. Meanwhile, Misk, you traveled with the Shiv, right? Yeah, that's what I was doing. Back north toward Branshire, you all made the journey back to the city within less than a day. It was toward the evening time when you left the three of them on that hill there, right? Yeah. So it was probably the middle of the night when you guys got back close enough to Branshire. As you reach the city, you notice that there are a number of tents and such set up all around the city. It's like Branshire is spilling over. But as you all are arriving, I mean, just in the absolute dead of night, there are very, very few people moving about. Most people are awake. In fact, as you pull up, you could probably hear snores coming from <laughs> all of these tents that are set up around this city. And Branchire is in a much poorer estate than when you were last year. But you probably weren't all that observant of all of this too much anyway, as you all came into Branchire. 
the Shiv brought you all in. He split his men up so as to not make a scene of, you know, some 20 or 30 halflings coming in at the same time. And you, along with the Shiv and just a few other hand-picked cronies, you know, peons, made your way into Branshire. And now you have been in the city for a couple, it's been like what, probably 36 hours now, you know, a day and a half, if that. Mm -hmm. The Shiv brought you in, and uh, to your surprise, you all made your way right through town and into the core. You saw the remains of the third house burnt. And the Shiv actually is staying in what's called the second house. I know that's kind of funny. But as you're into the core, you would see five buildings. Well, four buildings and one that's been burnt down. The building that burnt down there at the beginning of the season when you all were first here in Branchar on the first day of the festival, that was the third house. That was the home of Brianna Solaren, the youngest daughter of the Solaren family, the younger sister to Bridget, the mayor's wife, right? Mm-hmm. So the first house is where the mayor lives. And the second house is typically one that is used for dignitaries that have come into town. Um, it's to put up, you know, anyone coming from other cities to visit Branshire, you know, people who are being, they're highly respected, that are held up in high regard by the mayor, and to some lesser extent, perhaps even those over at the Temple of Pelor. But that's what you see in the core. You see the three houses, the first, second, and third house which are literally sized in that way. The third is the smallest, the second, the middle, and then the first house, the biggest and most extravagant of the three. And you would see the library and you would see the Temple of Pelor. Well, as you all come rolling into town, you and the Shiv and his few guys he's got with him make your way right toward the second house. And for the last 24 hours or so, you've been locked in a room up on the second floor of the second house. Very nice room. Comfy bed. Uh, at one point, someone brought you some food, walked out, and stuck another chain on the door. Would you say that you have tried to break out or get out at all during this time? Uh, I would have definitely tried to um, get out at least for the first couple hours. Mm -hmm. But once I realized I'm in here to stay, I'd probably just chill out and accept it. Well, what I want you to do, is, it has been a little bit. I want you, oh. to, I want you to roll for me. Okay. 12. 12. So, sleight of hand check with a 12, that's a 17. That's so pretty nice. It is. Do you have thieves' tools? I don't know if I got that. So, you've got like a dagger, and you can use something like that to try and break out, but you just won't be able to use your proficiency bonus. So, that would make it a 15 instead of a 17. Okay? Mm -hmm. Just means you don't get to add the plus two, hmm. um, which is fine. So, with a 15, though, that's still good enough for you to get the door open, but you're using a dagger... It's kind of funny. You thought to yourself at one point, they didn't take any of your weapons from you. That's because Shiv, he thinks I'm just stuck. He thinks that I've just given up. Yeah, but... But I am a fiery lion, and I will not give up. You are, but the the strange thing about it Except is... Except in this room. Um, and I'll tell you what, roll me a wisdom save. <sighs> okay, that's a 17. A 17. So you, you're able to, to try and break out this door, right? And you do manage to pop the lock loose with your dagger, but you don't manage to do so quietly. Oh, God. And when you open the door, there are the two halflings that came into the house with you. Two of the few halflings that came with you in the shiv when you first came into the second house are standing on either side of your door. And that one of them just leans over and looks at you and says, Can I help you? Um, why don't we... Go take a walk or something. I mean, why stay in this room all it's, this time? It's the middle of the night. 
I suggest that you get some rest. You're going to be here for a while. I've already been here a while. Not that long. Just go to sleep. Are you not tired? No. Trust me. If I could be in there with that big comfy bed, I would be asleep. Okay. Well, you go in there and I'll go take a walk and I'll be back in a few minutes. I mean, come on. The other one turns and looks at you and she's actually, she looks like a woman probably just a few years older than you. She's a halfling. Honey, it would just be best if you did what you were told, okay? Okay. Look, you signed the contract. You you brought yeah. this on yourself. It's our job to make sure you don't leave. Get some rest, and I'm sure that tomorrow the shield will come by and take you for a walk. How's that? Maybe get you some water. Wow, you're a real troll. I'm actually a halfling, but thank you. Is that a compliment? <laughs> Back to sleep, perhaps? Whatever. They pull the door shut again, and they relatch it, and then you hear it fiddled again. It opens back up again, and the woman sticks her head back in. She says, by the way, maybe don't try to break out again. I'd hate to have to tell the shiv that you're being uncooperative. She kind of gives you a wink and then shuts the door again. I do not like her. So, at that point, would you have gone back to sleep, probably? Hmm. I say gone to sleep for the first time. I mean, you are... Probably pretty tired. Yeah, once that happened, I'd probably just give up until morning or something. So you lie down, you go to sleep, and you know it's probably hard for you to fall asleep, but at the same time, there comes a point where physical exhaustion just takes over, and you do drift off. You sleep late into the day, uh, and you wake up, and you're sore. You know, you rode quite a distance on those magically enhanced horses. And then you rode through the night again on the way back. Your body is sore. You've been in a lot of fights recently. It's just, you know, it's tough. Just a couple of days ago, I mean, you were in hand-to-hand combat with a giant silver dragon. Yeah, that happened. So things have been, it's been an interesting few days. Uh, you wake up and no one comes to the door. At some point, a few hours in, someone does bring you some food. And it's a nice meal. Looks like it was probably prepared in Who the Who brought kitchens. me the food? One of the halflings that were outside. Like the man or the woman? Probably the man. <sighs> So I'm, when he brings me the food, I'm mm-hmm. going to be like, hey, is the troll gone? I mean, are you going to let me buy? Like, let's switch spots for a little bit. Yeah, she's gone She's gone to break. She'll be back here in a few hours. So, listen, let me, let me put it this way. I'm under a blood contract. I ain't going nowhere. So why not let me out of this stinking room for, you know, a little bit, and I'll be back before troll gets back. Look, I... I feel you, and I get it. You're probably you know sick of being cooped up and everything. But there's this guy. Um, I don't know. You may know him. His name's The Shiv, <laughs> and he would absolutely murder me to all the way to death. You understand? No, like, he won't. <laughs> yes, he would. Yes, he would kill me if I broke this. I, look, I'm 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 just a grunt, man. I'm just I'm just watching this door. I'm a nobody. I'm trying to make my way, you know, trying to make a little name for myself. You know what's not going to do that for me? Letting you out of here when I have specific instructions to make sure you don't leave until he comes to get you. Okay, so after he says that, Mm -hmm. I want to charm person on this nice little halfling foot. Okay, so typically the way charm person works is they have to make a wisdom saving throw. But you use your voice to use your bar music, right? So you kind of... Put on that suave, sort of charismatic oh, yeah. feel to your voice, and you're about to try and convince him magically to let you go. Before you do, though, I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, dang. It's a nine. A nine. Plus zero. 
<laughs> for your wisdom save. So you think, I don't know what I'll do. I'll charm this guy. And then you go to give him that little boost, that edge to let you out, to be disobedient, right? You know, you're you're nobody's slave, right? You're nobody's right. puppet. You're gonna you're you're gonna live your life, you're gonna do your life the way you want. But as you go to do that, you get this I don't know, it's like a like a sharp headache, you know, like a ringing in your ears, like right like inside your temple. And it's like you just can't focus. That's a bunch of garbage. <laughs> it's, it, when it happens, it's weird. Uh. And it's like you keep trying to, you know, you want to just channel the bardic magic through the music of your voice or whatever, however you want to say that. You just can't seem to get it together. Is the room spinning to you? Are you, you okay? Uh, you need some more water? Yeah. Can you show me where it is? I kind of like lean over on him. Uh, you just like, have, on, like on his shoulder. Uh, why don't you just have a seat? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give him to bring you some more water. I'll just go with you. No. No, you need to stay here. Okay, you just go, yeah. She, oh, he God. kind of walks you over to the bed and sits you down, and he goes to get you a glass of water. And while he's gone, you think to yourself, that was very weird. What's happening to me? Oh, get it together, miss. A couple get minutes later, together. he comes back. He's got you some water. And uh, after that, you just you kind of just want to chill out, honestly. You want to just rest. It's like suddenly you feel very tired again. So you settle in. You drink your water. And you wait a little while longer. Late that night after dark, and you slept late, like I said. So you've been cooped up in this day. And you're just sort of starting to get back to that place where you're like, man, I got to get out of this room. I got to do something, right? You hear a knock at the door. And then you hear the locks coming loose. Door opens and in walks your friend. Gray hair, scar down the side of his face, pulling his lip up in a snarl. The Shiv himself. Uh, hello, my dear. How are you? Where have you been? Oh, I had some business to attend to. Well, those little halflings out there. Excuse me. There's no reason to be mean. You may not know this, but halflings don't exactly love to be called little. Okay. We're well, sensitive about that. Well, or at least some are. I'm not so sensitive about it, but... They didn't tell me their names, so I call them Troll and the little one. Okay. The little guy. Okay. All so right. they said you were going to come by and you didn't, I'm, and they won't let me out. Here I am. Misk, I would like for you to come with me. I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine. Finally. I'm ready to get out of this room. I don't care where you take me. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Have they been feeding you well? Uh, it's been pretty good. How are you feeling? Well rested? Yeah, except for that migraine or whatever you want to call it earlier. Migraine? What sort of, like a head, what, did you have pain, a headache of some kind? Yeah, it was like a sharp pain. I mean, I might have been, I mean, something might have happened. Like, but like what? What do you mean? Nothing. I probably shouldn't tell you because then you'll get mad. You weren't thinking of trying to escape. It wasn't really escape. It was more like get out of the house. Were you trying to, in any way, break the tenets of our contract? Mm. Because here's the thing, Misk. When you sign a contract in your own blood, your life is tied to that contract. The only way to break it is for the one who set it in motion, which would be me, to release you from it or to die. And so your own body is going to keep you from doing anything that might be seen as a violation of our agreement. 
So if you were trying to do something particularly against my will, then the magic may have been trying to stop you. Mm. I would keep that in mind. Okay. So where are we going? I would like for you to come with me. I have a meeting with a very important man here in town. I want to speak with him about potentially getting involved in some political movements here in just a couple of days. All right. There's going to be a big parade, Misk. And we are going to be a key point. How does that sound? Well, you saying it sounds a little creepy. I know you love a show, Misk. I I don't know what you have planned, but I just want you to know I will fight it if it goes against who I am. I mean, I signed the contract to help my friends, but <sighs> don't think that I'm just going to let Misk, you do whatever. Let me stop you there. He walks over, he places a hand on your elbow. I don't care why you signed it. In fact, the magic doesn't care why you signed it. You belong to me, and you will do as I say, or you will die. Now, that's enough of all this unpleasantness. Let's go talk about our show, shall we? Well, let's go. And the two of you walk out the door. York, the sun rises, and as it does, the windows of this barn slash barracks for the ragtag army of the resistance, they shine brightly with the beams of the sun coming in. And I say brightly, really, it's just the beginning of dawn. Your eyes open to the feeling of your new friend Doran shaking you awake. Wait, my eyes open to that feeling? Yes, your eyes open and Doran has his hand on your shoulder. So like he's shaking my eyes? <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, he has he has grabbed a hold of your eyelids and he is shaking them back and forth. Oh, <laughs> Kjork, my eye. What's going on? Uh, nothing. No, nothing's going on, son. It's just uh, it's 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 dawn. The three of you need to get ready. Ready? Yes, you're you're heading out with Zon. Isn't that correct? Who's that? Um, just I'll tell you, we're, we're getting some <laughs> breakfast ready for you. Why don't you just grab uh, your tiefling friend and uh, Brackle and meet us outside? So. Grab the tiefling and my friend Brackle. Right. So you guys are, have been sleeping on these cots that are suspended from the walls. You know, they're, they're kind of like attached to the walls. And uh, you three are kind of tiered with Kjorg on the bottom, Brackle with, uh, in the middle, and Saul on the top. Are they comfortable? Yeah. They, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're not like a feather bed, but probably exactly what Brackle would enjoy. Oh, yeah. Brackle enjoys these beds. <laughs> so you, you wake your friends? I'm waking him. Okay. You wake first. You wake Brackle. Yes, Brackle first. I'm awake. I just had my eyes closed. I was still, I was awake. He's Batman. I am Batman. All right, you wake Brackle. As he reaches for me, my eyes pop open and I sit up. (laughs) He's Batman. Of course you do. He has x-ray vision. You can see through his eyelids. I can. So much character sheet. You tell him what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> you enjoyed your joke too much. <laughs> Role playing. <laughs> it's the best. What's up? <laughs> hey. It's time to go. Let's go. Can we just leave Saul here? <laughs> I mean, they can. 
<laughs> Brackle does not respond. Brackle's just like, mm, we might need him. Uh, why don't you wake him up? So, I take... Well, this is, this is taking a while. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to wake him up. I'll wake him up vocally. You wake him up? Hey, get up. Or hey. I'll say it less enthusiastically. I'm like, time to go. Get uh, breakfast. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Who? They, what? They, they have breakfast. I can smell it. It's time to grab that. And oh, get on the our way. servants have breakfast for me. Let's go. Let's go. He uh, checks his dagger, makes sure he's got his stuff. He just slops off the the top bunk. Goes, ah, a king always sleeps above his servants, and starts walking out the door. Well, you head toward the door. They've got a you know the, like the the dining area, the tables and such that mm-hmm. you guys have seen before. As I've stated previously, this this barracks is it's magically enlarged inside, so it's a lot larger than any barn you've ever been in. And the dining area is up in the front, and they've got some things there for you. And Doran, along with Zahn and Aranis, are sitting there grabbing a quick breakfast, and they've got some food set out for you. Ooh, I eat breakfast. You approach. Hello, peasants. I see you have made my sup. Zahn just kind of looks over at you and he says, well rested, Saul? Yeah, ready for a cigar and some bacon. It isn't a little early for a cigar? Ah, you always start the day with some smoke in your face. He, he, he light ones up and, ah, oh, tastes like home. Okay, you sit down to, you know, whatever breakfast they have there, which is, it looks like bacon, except it's green. Lizard Plus, bacon. Mm-hmm. Some bread, you know, cheeses, things like that. Mm. Probably some eggs. There's probably eggs there. Zahn turns to Brackle. He says, so Brackle, are you equipped for the journey? Ready to go. I assume cured. You're also ready to go. I'm always ready to go. I believe it. Well, get a feel of your breakfast. I'm not sure when we'll have our next meal, but hopefully, hopefully we won't have any true resistance on the way, but you never know. You never know what can happen. These are interesting times, are they not? They are. In fact, he stands up, he uh, cleans his mouth with a, Handkerchief, he says, I'm going to step outside and check on the preparations. I'll I'll meet you out front whenever you're ready. He steps away, and Aronis is sitting there, and he turns to you all, and he says, Well, I hope that you all quite understand the importance of what it is you're about to do, and that you're not going to mess this up for us. Why would we do that? We might mess you up. All right, listen, <laughs> I, I understand that perhaps the four of us haven't gotten off to the best start, but... I feel that it is at least needful for me to tell you before you go that we are on the same side. And we are placing, you could say, all of our eggs in your basket. And this is all somewhat sudden. You have to understand this resistance was not thought up overnight. And yet here we are just a few days after you three have arrived. And suddenly all of our hopes of accomplishing our goals relies on the three of you. You will have to forgive me if I seem just a bit apprehensive about it all. Apprehensive? Hey, it's, he's almost there. He's he's almost in his place. Did you did you feel that, Brackle? Did you feel that, Kjorg? He He's starting to get it. Let me tell you something, if this might help you rest assured. When I was training to become a ranger, it was often needful for me to take eggs from stray fowl to feed myself in the wilderness. And I had to transport those eggs back to my camp and to, without breaking them. And 
I carried those eggs with such care that <laughs> nary a one w- was broken when I returned to camp. This over the course of decades in the wilderness. So your eggs are safe in my basket. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> I see. Well, thank you, Brackle, for that interesting story about eggs. I shall keep it in my mind and ponder it throughout the day. I hope that the three of you have safe travels along with Zon on your way to Branshire. May you have the blessings of whichever deity it is that you choose to serve and worship on your travels. The Nine Hells. <laughs> he just looks at you. He rolls his eyes. And Saul smiles ear to ear. He turns around and, and starts to walk away. Ah. Bah, fool. God. All right, do the three of you just, oh, what are you doing? You finish your breakfast? I'm done. Oh, we scarf all I'm that gonna, lizard bacon. I'm going to like put some extra in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Kjorg stocks his pockets up with some green bacon and bread or whatever. And the three of you gather up your things and head toward the exit. Yeah, boys. You go out the front door, mm-hmm. and as you step outside onto the lawn, you see up ahead, it, it's still pretty dark. It's like that moment right before the sun's really cresting, but you can see the sky lighting up. You know what I'm saying? And there is a wagon. It's not the same one that you three you know, brought back from your reconnaissance mention. I mean, that would be, yeah, that'd be bad. a little risky. A little risky. It's a different one. You approach the wagon, Zahn is standing there. There are two horses. He's loading up the last of the supplies or whatever that they've stocked up on the wagon. And uh, he's standing there. You see Aronis as he's walking up the steps into the house on the other side. And Brianna is standing there beside of the wagon as well. She turns to face the three of you. And she says, oh, um, good, good morning, everyone. Good morning, my lady. Hello. How good of you to meet me. Well, <laughs> good morning. Not a nod. <laughs> I just I wanted to I wanted to see you off I guess um, I'm, I know that the three of you are are very skilled and, and you've come a long way but I, I just I wanted to speak with you before you go because I need you to understand that this is this mission is the most probably the most important thing I've ever been a part of it's definitely the most important thing I've ever been a part of and we are putting all of our trust in the three of you let me tell you a story about <laughs> Man Brackles in a talkative mood today. When I was in the wilderness collecting trust from various uh, fowls. Zahn steps in and he says, Brackle, I'm, I'm I'm sure that was going to be a, a great story, but oh, we are man. we are short on time. We we do need to be going. Um, he turns to Brianna and he says, My lady, we promise, we vow, I should say, we vow to Give this our greatest effort, and we truly understand that there's nothing more important than saving Branshire and stopping Brax and Tarek. Never fear, my lady. If this fails, I will summon something from the Nine Hells to assist you. Um, thank you? <laughs> Maybe? Okay, the three of you step up and begin to mount up onto the cart and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where are you planning on riding? Uh, Saul's going to sit near the driver's seat. Okay, well, Zahn's driving. There's a bench seat, so one person could sit up there with him. Is that I, where you want to be? I'm sitting by Zahn. Okay, so the other two, I'm assuming, would be on the back. Yep. I was I was going to walk towards the passenger seat. Oh, okay. You're going to contest it? I wasn't going to contest it, but like, well, I walked over there, and then he's climbing up on there, and I just 
turn around and walk to the back. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, Brackle, as you approach and begin to do whatever it is you're going to do, Brianna kind of steps up and she touches your arm to get your attention. Uh, and she says, Brackle, I, I did, I did want to speak with you for one moment before you leave. Um, Tarek has my sister and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if she's safe, if she's hurt. I, I don't know if he's destroyed her mind or, or what the, what the situation is, but if there is any way to, to save her, if, if there's any way to, to rescue my sister, then I know that, that I can trust you to, to make sure that's done. Absolutely. She is hopefully safe. If not, then rest assured, Braxton will pay. And he'll pay regardless, but he'll pay double with interest. Thank you. Um, have a safe trip, Brackle. And she turns on the spot and heads toward the house with her head kind of bowed a little bit. I kind of look off in the distance as if a burden has rested upon my soul. Then hop on <laughs> the back of the wagon. The moment you hop on the back, Zahn spurs the horses forward, and you all begin your journey. As you pull out from the farm trail, you remember there are the very large fence walls encompassing the actual like house and the barn and such of where you're at, fencing in those drakes that you all saw as you were leaving the first time. Zahn leads you out onto the road. You pull out onto the road, and you get ready for a journey that's going to take most of the morning. I mean, it took a couple of hours, two or three hours, I think, for you all to travel from where you ambushed the caravan to get back to the hideout of the rebellion. But now you guys are making the journey all the way to Branshire, and it's it's a good half a day's journey even by cart from where you are. I mean, you're not that far from Branshire. It's going to be noonish, maybe a little after before you guys can arrive, if not later, just depending on you know how the journey goes, if there's any trouble and things like that. Gonna light up that cigar. So, so Zahn, hmm. how does a how does a common man come to know something so evil, something that even I've not experienced? And I've spent time in the pits. Come to know. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I, I've been entrusted with knowledge. Perhaps that is true. By? Well, by. I'm, I'm not sure that... Uh, why do you ask these questions? Well, how, why don't we just start with this? Where, where were you born? Where are you from? Where was I born? I'm, I was born not far from here. Not far from here. I've been in the East most of my life. So a man's born, starts working for that Paylor guy... That Paylor guy. And uh, just kind of hears about something, the most most terrifor- ter- terrifying thing in the in, in the world. Like Saul starts getting a little nervous and doesn't really notice he got nervous. He kind of looks to Saul. He says, Saul, let me ask you a question. I'll tell you what. You answer a question for me, and I'll answer a question for you. <laughs> sure, sure. Why did you leave? He takes a big, long draw from a cigar. What do you mean, why did I leave? Why did I leave? Why did you leave, Saul? I mean, you had everything. You were, as you say, a prince of the underworld, uh, one with great power, with great resources, and yet you chose to become this, to start over and to leave all of that behind. Trash. Why? Saul, like, he, like, looks over his shoulder, and he looks back at you. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever... How old are you? How old do I look? <laughs> uh, human? Human age? Old and human age? What? 50? 40? 30? Somewhere in there. <laughs> Somewhere in there, huh? 
Yeah. Well, I'm older than that, obviously. Right. Time. It's different down there. Yeah, centuries. Centuries. I don't know. Once you've <sighs> filleted a dozen elves, ridden a couple below, it gets a little old, I guess you could say. It gets a little, um, I don't know. There's got to be something else to conquer. Got to be more fun to have. It's got to be something. Well, let me ask you this, Saul. You, well, as you look back on those times, how much of it do you remember? And when he says that, you, you, you realize you, you can remember it, but it does seem many of those details are starting to seem kind of fuzzy. What, what, what do you mean? How do I remember? I, I was in the nine hells. I had a throne. I had a father. I had siblings. Right. But it's it's fading. It's different. Hmm. Time is not going to be kind to you, Saul. <laughs> I suggest that you decide what you're going to do with the time that you have here. <laughs> I'm going to collect ears and, and find a throne of my own, of course. He just kind of looks over at you and he says, well, There aren't many thrones on Manumi, Saul. Not many that need to be filled. Hmm. I mean, we can make a vacancy. Surely. Have you seen my dagger? <laughs> Yes, I've I've seen your dagger. Look, I, I'll answer your question, and then I, I'm I need a moment. I'm I must admit I I like to use these times to kind of collect my thoughts, and we have a great great task ahead of us. But uh, what was your question of me again? How do you, a common man, know of such evil? He pauses for a moment. Uh, he kind of takes a deep breath and lets out a sigh, and he says. I will tell you what I can, and what I can tell you is simply this. There are those of us, there are some who, well, let's just say that we have the gift of memory. and Memory. Yes, there are things that should be forgotten in the sense that the world is better off not knowing, but they should not be forgotten in the sense that were they to rear their ugly heads once again, someone needs to be there to step up. Hmm. Things forgotten. Maybe I'm forgetting things. Hmm. Hmm. He gets kind of draws into himself with that. All right. He kind of spurs on the horses and continues on. Brackle, are you and Kjorg anything you want to do on the trip? So I'm sitting on the back watching from every angle I can things that might occur. He's looking to climb up a tree as soon as something happens. I have my eye on every tree. Every tree. In all the world. Hashtag tree fort. Kjork, what are you doing? Is there anything on this cart? Sure, there's like food. Maybe some pelts. Is there any bear pelts? Bear? Mm, <laughs> no. There's no... Darn. Well, I'll tell you what. Roll me at each 20. He's gonna, he's gonna hit 20. It's a 19. Ah! Yep, there's a bear pelt. There's one <laughs> bear pelt. It's not huge, but what do you want it for? I'm going to wear it somehow. Okay, you find a, a bear pelt. What does it look like? It looks like a black bear pelt since it's not a big bear. Okay. I mean, it's just a black bear pelt. Yeah. So you kind of filter through the stuff back there looking around, and you see a black bear pelt. You pull it out. What do you do with it? You try to wear it. Somehow. He's trying to make a bear cape. You try to put it on? Yeah. Yeah. Brackle, you see Kjorg kind of fooling around with his bear pelt <laughs> trying to put it on. 
but it's not like it has armholes or a hood or anything like that. It's kind of just draped over his shoulders. So I affix a leather tie. Okay. The front and thread it through to make it where it could be worn as a cape. Okay. So you just kind of step up and offer to do that? I just step up and start doing it. Oh, you just step up. You just pull out some leather and just go to town making a cape for this thing. Oh, yeah. We're besties. So I was expecting it. Besties. All right. You just kind of stand there and pose while he ties the yes the, the, the cape <laughs> red on your neck. Okay. You're standing there posing, wearing a, a bear pelt as a cape. Um, <laughs> we'll say that the head of it kind of rests over yours. Yes, it does. Almost like a hood. We could say that maybe Brackle fashions it where it'll sit on your head. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yes. All right. You can add one black bear pelt cape to your inventory. Uh, it'll keep you warmer in the winter. Yes. So the journey is long. I wouldn't say it's arduous, but you guys are traveling. You've been probably on the road two or three hours. You come to the place where you faced those enemies. You don't see any signs of blood or any signs of battle there, and you travel through. You do maybe have an eerie feeling when you come to the spot where that one guy was, you know, reanimated or what have you. Oh, yeah. When we're going through that area, Saul's on guard. Like, normally Saul's just like, chill now. Got his feet propped up, smoking that cigar. But when it, that, that, that section comes on, he, he's got his hand on his dagger, his cigar's out. Like Right. You travel through, or you come through that point, I should say. And after a bit, the breeze kind of picks up. And up ahead, you can see like a wind wall heading your way, carrying rain on the wind. Yeah. Ha! Look to the horizon. A storm approaches. Oh my gosh. Zahn kind of looks over and he furrows his brow a little bit and he's like, ugh, this is going to slow travel down. Ha! And within minutes, the rain is on you guys. And I mean, it is absolutely just flooding, which is very abnormal for this time of year. And Brackle would particularly know this, that typically during the time of the festival in Branshire, the weather's pretty mild, you know? I mean, it is... Paylor's festival and so it's almost like he sends his blessing on the festival but right now things are not looking great and the closer you get to Branshire the more you can see that it's clouds ahead and clear behind hmm I, I pull out my staff I stand up and I start chanting the battle Saruman so I start humming to myself hmm. let the rain fall down and wake my dreams, let it wash away <laughs> my, my sanity. What in the world? And I'm singing, raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Off key. No. It's pouring the rain and Zahn is not in a good mood. I'm suddenly on guard. I've never seen so many people get so upset over a little water. Well, I mean, nobody loves traveling in the rain, Saul. Saul, lots of cigar again. I mean, that thing is burning bright, even though it's raining. It's smoking, like, severely because of all the water, because it's, it's like sideways rain right now. Awesome. That slows travel down, and whereas you guys might would have arrived in Branchyar around noon, now it's already noon, and you're still at least an hour away. But, you know, the time passes, and just, just to be clear, nobody else had anything else they wanted to do or say before we get there? Nope. Okay. Nah. I'm just enjoying my bear pelt now. All right. I'm just ever watchful. Well, it's a little easier to watch now. The rain, when it first came in, it was really, really, really like intense rain, but now it has eased up some, and 
it's getting easier to see at the very least as you guys get close to Branchire. Uh, you notice something different, something that you wouldn't have seen before, and that is that as you approach the city, and, and just to kind of give a reminder of how Branchire is set up, it, it is walled, not high walls, you know, like 10-foot walls around, more or less, and all around the wall there are four gates leading into Branchire from the cardinal directions. You guys are going to be traveling in through the south gate, and... Around the walls beside the road, there are many, many tents, like, set up all over the place. And, you know, it's, it's not abnormal to see a few tents during the, the festival, but this is kind of different. It's lots. I mean, the ground is littered with tents. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, like, like an army set up out here? No, not really like that. I mean, they're, they don't look uniform. You know what I'm saying? It's not, they don't look the same. They're all different colors and shapes and sizes. And you kind of get the drift. They're not all necessarily together. So you're all approaching. You see all these tents. You do see some people out and about. You see strange things. They don't exactly seem like high society. Does that make sense? They don't necessarily look like the best of folk. Uh, Brackle, I don't remember, uh... This place was a. Uh, is this is this normal? No, this is fully in the abnormal category. I mean, as as pitious as this city is, there shouldn't be this many people here for not even for a festival. This is ridiculous. About that time, you guys are getting close to the gate. You know, you're rolling through, and man, it doesn't smell great over here. Rackle noticed. What does it smell like? Polecat. No, nah, it smells. Like, you know what it smells like. It smells like there's a whole lot of people out here, and they don't have much to do with their waste, so they're just kind of <sighs> pooping all everywhere. That's disgusting. <laughs> peeing on each other. One of the advantages of living in fire is that all the waste just burns up. So are you saying that you used to poop on yourself down there all the time? <laughs> um, he looks at Brackle. He says, "Things seem to be in a bit of disarray, don't they, Brackle?" Yes, this is unseemly. As you guys are beginning to pass through the walls, possibly even more surprisingly, two guards step forward with their hands up to stop you all as you approach. Make way, peasants. Make way. <laughs> Make way. It's a couple of guys wearing, you know, standard Branchire guard attire, nothing fancy, uh, you know, leather jerkins with the symbol of Palor on the chest, and they're holding a couple of pretty standard but not great spears, and they're just like, Hail, rider. Make way. And uh, Zon kind of pulls in the reins to slow down the horse. Saul, are you standing and telling these fools to make way? <laughs> yes, I'm standing and pointing at them. What are you doing, Zon? Make way, peasants. No. Zon looks at you says, Saul, please. And they step forward. They say, uh, we, uh, um, wh- what's your business in Branchire, fellas? Branchire is my business. We have business. One of them steps up when Brackle says that Branchar is his business. He goes, Brackle, is that, is that you, Brackle? That the one and only. Uh, Brackle, you recognize this guy as Greg, one of the local guardsmen in Branchar. Oh, Greg. Hey. I'm, I'm old Greg. <laughs> it's I'm old, old Greg. It's old Greg. <laughs> I'm old oh, Greg. <laughs> Do you love me? Do you think you could love me? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, God. This is... Uh, Hey, Brackle, what are you guys doing here? And he, he kind of looks around and he says, Oh, wait, aren't you you two, you're, wait, you three are all some of those guys that helped with the third house, right? When it was on fire? Yeah, that's us. Make way. We are the champions. 
my friends. He turns to his friend, his co-guardsman, and he says, uh, these are the ones that the mayor's been looking for. I'll tell you what, you, you guys just follow me. And he turns, uh, Greg turns, and he starts walking in toward town. Zahn kind of turns and looks at you, Brackle. Uh, look at him. And he looks at you. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of turns and looks at you, Brackle, and, and he says, you think it's safe to follow these guys? No, but I think it's wise. He looks forward and spurs on the horses. <laughs> so what's the plan? Well, like Saul's getting a little little fuzzy on it. It's kind of too late for that. Oh, I know. I, I don't want to table talk. I just want to put out there that Saul's kind of forgot. <laughs> I, 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 I want to I say for the record that I literally said, is there anything else you guys want to talk about or do before we enter the city? Nope. And all three of you said no. We don't need plans. I'm just saying that. Um, you kind of know. You don't, there's not really a strict plan anyway. But here we go. You. We're going to clout. <laughs> that's right. This the. Um, <laughs> oh, God. The four of you. We're all going to die. Slowly follow after Greg as he leads you into the city. You pass the city walls. And immediately as you're rolling past those, you know, because the way it's kind of set up is against the outer wall, there's a number of houses and, you know, not apartments, but, you know, structures with living quarters and things like that in them. And you guys are passing that. You're passing these small streets. And after a short time, you come to Circle Street. And where it, when you all were on Circle Street just four or five days ago, you know, there was lots of talking, lots of laughter, you know, people cheering and things going on and all kinds of just, just a good feel. Yeah, it was a fair. Now there's a pretty heavy drizzle. So it's rainy. Which you would think might would have, you know, decreased the population at the festival. But that does not seem to be the case. As you all reach Circle Street, your cart comes to a complete stop because the street is basically packed shoulder to shoulder. Travel is very, very slow and arduous through Circle Street. Make way, peasants. Make way. Get out of the way. Move, peasants. Move. You're yelling things out. Nobody's even paying you any mind. Mm. You don't hear the laughter. You don't see people smiling, and you don't see kids playing and things like that. Instead, what you see are a lot of people that look frustrated and aggravated. If you do a quick scan of the faces, you'll see merchants that are arguing with customers. You'll see customers that are ducking into corners and speaking suspiciously. You'll see like no children around. You see people that look just depressed and downtrodden. You see it looks nothing like what it did four days ago. This town is as ugly as it's ever been. Brackle shakes his head and looks just slightly for a second in his eyes. You see a hint of sadness. All right. As you, as you all roll forward, Greg kind of stops and he looks back at you and he says, uh, it's going to be kind of hard to get that, that cart through here. Are, are, are you three? Well, okay. Oh, he turns to Zahn. He says, who, who are you? Zahn says, oh, I'm just a cartsman. I'm just bringing them into town. <laughs> Saul looks at him like, what? And Greg says, oh, so, well, okay. Well, can you manage taking care? Oh, yeah, sure. He says, I'll take care of the cart. Uh, you three have fun. Um, thanks, thanks for your patronage. Uh, yeah, thanks for driving us here. I'm going to go and talk to the mayor. I'm trying to, like, make fun of his voice, but I can't do it just right. Okay, he just looks at you. He says, all right, have have fun with that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Do you three climb down? And I climb down into this log. I'm climbing down. Hey, uh, uh, and he, like, stops trying to do the weird voice. He's like, um, so where's that place 
that sells the pelts. Maybe we should uh, should take these pelts there, yeah? You're speaking to Zon? Get some coin? No, I'm, I'm talking to Brackle. Oh, okay. That was Lelia's booth where I was at, but many booths sell pelts, but my hope is that Lelia is somewhere safe, not manning a booth in this refuse pile. <laughs> this refuse pile. That's exactly how I describe your city, yes. So, uh, I was just thinking we could make some coin off all those pelts in the cart before we leave, you know? We, we could we could handle that later. These people don't look too interested in purchase right now. Ha! We can see about that. Greg kind of looks at you guys. So, I mean, we we going, we going to see the mayor? Oh, listen, we know where the mayor's house is. You don't have to escort us, peasant. Go back to your guard duties. He kind of looks, like, taken aback, and he's he just looks at Brackle. He's just like, what, what am I supposed to what am I supposed to do here? I'm kind of like I just kind of shake my head like don't don't worry about it. Um. Well, you know, the mayor did. He specifically informed us, you know, the guard that if we if we did see or hear tell of, of the heroes, you know, of, of Branchire or whatever, they're calling you. Well, the heroes of Branchire are here, and we're going to the mayor. So I don't see why you're needed. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to put my hand on Greg's shoulder and be like, ignore the idiot. Okay. We can handle this. Don't worry about us. We'll go see him now. Quick question. Yeah. It, do I think Greg is on the up and up? I mean, you can roll an insight check. That's a thing. Let me roll an insight check. So I will roll a d20. That's correct. And I will roll very poorly. Okay. So I get a five total. All right. Um, you know, maybe it's just because of the way things are here and, and you're emotionally distressed, which is very different for Brackle probably, but you just can't really get a read. You have no reason to think he's lying or anything, but you can't really get a read on him. Okay. So I just say, let's allow him to come with us. Let's let him do his, his duty. We don't want to get him in trouble. Um, okay. Well, you all just, just follow me and... He begins to make his way through the crowd. Like I said, it is slow going. You see more than one fight, like people shoving and punching. And you don't see anybody getting stabbed or anything, but just people yelling at each other, bumping into each other. People are very unfriendly. Brackle, you would know that very few of them seem like locals. But even the ones that you see, they don't they don't look like the ones that you have met. They look like rough characters. It, it looks Thanks like from this, around these parts. That's right. They look like rough derelicts of society. I mean, that's kind of like what most, not everyone that you see. You do see some people that you know from Branchire, but they seem very uncomfortable, very apprehensive and nervous. You know, and most of them seem to be just trying to get from point A to point B. You see a lot of houses and their doors are, the doors are shut and it's just nothing like what you've witnessed over your lifetime. Do I see anybody that I would be comfortable taking aside and having a word with? Sure. I'll say that you see someone that you know from town. So I try to keep out of view of Greg. I say, hang on a second. And I walk over and speak to this person and say, hey, uh, what's going on here? You see a man, and he says, oh, uh, hey, hey, Brackle, um, where where have you been? Uh, I've been busy, to say the least of it, but it looks like things have been moving in this town since I've been away. Can you uh, shed any light on what's happening, who, who all these people are? Um, I don't I don't know who they are. I mean, well, you know how it is. Things, well, the market's been very different this year, the festival. I mean, the mayor... 
he brought in a lot of people from outside and it just every day it's gotten fuller and fuller of people i don't know where these people have come from hmm. huh. and have you spoken with any of them have do you know i mean is are they mingling at all with the locals um uh, not uh, most of them don't really seem friendly you know um you know sure i've i've tried to speak to a few that i ran into at some of the booths early on especially when it was easier i mean it's a madhouse out here have you ever seen anything like this not around these parts uh well all right uh i want to see if i can get to the bottom of this i'll uh thanks thank you for your insight sure uh listen just uh be careful out there i mean i've I, believe it or not i've actually heard some people getting mugged oh i'm not too worried about that for myself but you take care all right, I'll I'll try. You turn back. Yeah. All right, you get back with the crew, and Greg says, "Okay, we ready to go on." Yeah, let's uh, let's head to Raxon. All right, he starts making his pathway through again, and the way Branchar is set up on Circle Street, you come in from the main gates, and if you want to reach the core of the city, where the you know the, th- the three houses and the Temple of Palor and all that are found, the four entries through the inner wall are set up. They're staggered from the cardinal directions. So there's like one at southwest, one at southeast, et cetera, et cetera. We'll say you guys are heading west on Circle Street and you get to the first entrance and he turns and cuts through. And the moment you turn to cut through the core or to the core, I should say, the crowd is thinning significantly. I mean, inside the core where the three houses and such are, there aren't booths set up. There's no The festival isn't really going on in there. There's some people maybe walking through, but not that many. So the moment that you turn, it opens up and you're able to travel much more quickly. So you guys travel through. You're still, you know, a decent walk from where you're headed. But after some time, you break free into the core inside the inner wall. There is green grass in here. You know what I mean? And Circle Streets, you know, it's like a it's a stone street. But inside the core, it's very well kept. It's green grass. Everything looks fancy. And it looks a little more dreary because of the rain. But it's like you would expect. It doesn't seem to be too affected. And over on the right side from where you walk in, you can see the remains of the third house. Uh, it doesn't appear that there have been any efforts toward repairing it yet. I mean, it looks awful. Half of it's just burn up completely and the rest is laying around in rubble. Wow. And no one seems to be over near it. There seems to be no one bothering it at all. But ahead of you, straight ahead, is the first house. And it is a, I mean, it's for all intents and purposes, for Branchire, a mansion. I mean, it's three stories tall. Um, it's wide, beautiful, white, painted, and I mean, it, it looks like the nicest house in town for sure. The nicest, for sure. Nice. So, Greg, uh, is Greg still with us? He is. He's walking toward the, the first house. Hey, Greg, I can see the house now. You can go. Well, I um, just let me uh, let, just follow me to the mayor, please. Hmm. And he keeps walking. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Saul, like, gets up and, like, starts walking directly beside of him. Okay. What all does he have on him as far as weapons? I mean, like I said, he's wearing, like, leather armor, and he's got a spear that he's carrying, but it doesn't look like it's made of much. So he's nothing special, yeah? No, I mean, he's he doesn't look like a warrior. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm probably not going to, like, try to do anything to him. I was I was making sure that he didn't have weapons on him that I wanted to, like, try to steal before we got where we were going, just sure. in case. Yeah, nothing like that. 
Okay, you guys follow him forward, and you approach the steps leading up to the porch of the first house. And I mean, it's on, you know, it's got those big white pillars and things in the front. It's very ornate. It's a beautiful home. Mm-hmm. And the front door is a set of double doors. And you step forward. Greg kind of stops at the door, and he says, this way, and he, he opens the door for you. You're not going to knock? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I... I guess I could. We're not peasants. We don't have to knock. Let's go. And Saul leads the way. Okay. The door's already open. You step through? Yep. Yep. Okay. As the three of you step in, I need you to roll me a perception check real quick. I got a 14. Okay. I did two. All right. Kjolk? I got a 13. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. You step through the doorway, and this opening room is kind of like a very large antechamber. Ahead of you, there is a spiral staircase that heads up to all three of the stories of the house. And up above you, on the second level, if you're on the main level, there is a banister there with you know where the, the staircase steps out onto the second floor. And the moment you step in, you immediately hear someone talking up on the first floor by the banister. And you look up, and you see... Braxton Tarek is standing there speaking with a man who is, he looks kind of pale skinned. He's got dark hair, kind of scraggly looking uh, beard, and he's wearing, you know, just like traveler's clothes is kind of what it looks like. And he is speaking very, well, how, how, how should I put it? I would say he's having a quiet but heated discussion with this man. He's kind of Ooh. like in his face a little bit. Like, Did you mean on the second floor? Well, you're on the first floor. He's on the second floor up there, up above you. Gotcha. Off to the left side of the staircase, uh, beside the banister, speaking with this man in a quiet but heated tone, and you can't make out what he's saying, but he doesn't seem happy. Okay. Saul comes in. Braxton! Braxton Tarek! (laughs) Hell! You say that, and uh, Tarek kind of stops like mid-sentence and turns and looks at you, and when he turns, you can tell us... His face is not a happy face, but the moment that he sees you all, his eyes kind of go wide and his face lights up and he says, Ah, my champions. How fair you, champions. Hello, 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 everyone. I hope that you are enjoying this, the 20th episode of Season 2 of Make Believe Heroes. As I've said before a few times, we are now in the home stretch. Our heroes are back in Branshire and are about to have a fateful meeting with Braxton Tarek himself. What's going to happen? Will Braxton show his true colors? Will he capture the group? Will he kill them all? I don't know. We'll find out here in just a minute. But before we do, I do have some business to attend to. First of all, I would like to say thank you to all of our fans that follow us, that listen to this show week by week, every Monday when it releases. Your support has been a huge help to me personally. Uh, Recently, as I've been going through some trouble at home, as you guys know, with my mom having an accident and all of those things. And I just want to say thanks again for all the emails, letters, tweets, messages on Facebook that you guys have sent. Can't thank you enough for the encouragement and for supporting this show. I know we've been talking about getting some information out about possibly doing a Patreon with some uh, extra content we could create for you guys, as well as t-shirts or other merch that we could sell you. 
if you wanted to get some of that sweet MBH swag in your arms. And hopefully we can get all of that worked out into you very soon. Obviously, between work, editing, and recording the podcast, and all the things going on, it things have slowed down for us a bit and gotten very crunched together. So hopefully we can get all of that worked out and back into swing very soon. And as soon as I can, I'll be sending out an email via the email subscription list that you can sign up for on our website, makebelieveheroes.com, that will detail what we have planned and ask for your feedback, things that you'd like to see about potential tiers for Patreon stretch goals, uh, maybe even have you all approve some t-shirt designs or something like that. So we're, we're working all of that. We want to get it to you as soon as we can. But for now, let me just say thank you. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, go to MBH Podcast on Twitter and follow us. Go to facebook.com slash MBH Podcast. And of course, if you listen to the show on iTunes week by week, thank you so much. If you listen on Stitcher or um, Spotify, we're on Spotify now, just wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't yet, you should definitely subscribe to the show. That helps us follow all the metrics a little better on iTunes and things like that. So anyhow, thank you all for supporting us, for being here for us, and for following along with our crazy adventure. So the show is sponsored by DiceEnvy.com. DiceEnvy.com is a website that has all of the gaming dice that you could possibly need for your table. Wood dice, acrylic dice, metal dice. You go to DiceEnvy.com and I promise you that you will find something that you will want. They have a great selection of dice as well as some sets that you can only get there. They have these awesome little Infinity D4s that roll way better than the little Caltrop style pyramids. And if you go to DiceEnvy.com and use the code HEROES, you can get 10% off of your order. Another thing that they do at DiceMB is they do these really cool curated monthly subscription boxes. If you haven't checked those out, I would check it out. You can subscribe for as low as $5 a month, and every week when they show what their new dice were for the month, they are always something that I would love to have for my gaming table. So I know that you guys would love to have that as well. Speaking of gaming, if you'd like to add that extra dimension to your games at home, then you should go to BattleBards.com. And if you use the code MBHPODCAST at BattleBards.com, you can get 15% off of a BattleBards Prime subscription. And that'll give you access to hundreds of audio effects like sound effects, uh, music, soundscapes, anything that you could need to really, really give your game that pop and that pizzazz, if you will, that it needs. So I know we haven't done a giveaway lately. Obviously, that's due to all of the behind-the-scenes circumstances that uh, we've had going on. Things have just thrown everything out of whack. Hopefully, we can get some giveaways going again very soon. I would say no later than April. In April, hopefully, we will get back on track and have a new giveaway for all of you fans to get in on. And we like to do those giveaways as a thank you to our fans for listening. You know, you guys come out every week and listen. We want to give back a little. I know we work hard to bring you a quality show week by week, but we still like to give you a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? And uh, speaking of thanking the fans, I want to give a huge thanks to one of our fans who left us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you want to have your review read, all you got to do is leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll get around to reading that here live on the show. This week... One review comes from Goober Niner, and it's entitled, I Love It, Five Stars. I've been searching for a D&D podcast forever and never found a story and DM that fit my liking. Until I found this one. Thanks a lot, Goober Niner, for those kind words. I'm so glad that our show has met your D&D needs. We work really hard on it. Hopefully we can keep that standard of quality going forward. And thank you so much for listening, for the review, and for supporting the show. 
that's enough for me. Let's get back. This is a little bit of an extra long episode, so I hope that you guys like it. We usually try to keep it a little shorter, but since we missed a week, a couple weeks ago, I thought, hey, why don't I give you a little extra? So here we go. Let's get back into Branshire and find out what Braxton Tarek has to say for himself. How fair are you, champions? Well, well, we're we, we've traveled far and, and, and have come back. He turns to the guy there. He says, that'll be all for now. Uh, you, you know, just um, just take care of, of our business and, and get back with me as soon as you can. And he, he kind of puts his hand on his shoulder. And what's y'all's passives? Let me look at y'all's passives. I would say that Brackle has the best passive. 14. Brackle, you'll notice that the guy kind of winces as Braxton squeezes his shoulder a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's being a jerk. He's like, mm, he's a jerk. He turns uh, to make his way down the staircase, and the man he was speaking with just kind of slinks away down the hallway. I want to shake his hand. Well, he's walking down the stairs as he's making his way. He says, I... Not Braxton. No, the other guy doesn't come towards you. Aw, oh, man. Yeah, he slinks out. Slinky. Braxton starts coming down the stairs. He says, well, you three have been hard to get a hold of, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there four of you? Uh, Saul smiles from ear to ear and goes, I, you know, when you make mistakes, things tend to pull you away. Mm. Well, here are three of you, and I have to say, I'm glad to see you. You're glad? Where have you been? Huh. Fighting things in the woods, trying to solve your mission. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I remember that the night of the uh, the terrible explosion, and of course, our sweet Brianna going missing. I spoke with you all. I, I had intended to meet with you the next day and try and work together toward helping the people of Branshire, toward bringing our Brianna back. But when I sent word for you, I was informed that you were all gone. <laughs> the only thing I remember was the f- fame and the glory from being so awesome. <laughs> I'm certain that's true. Um, it's Kjorg, right? You even have to ask. Well, regardless, I'm glad to see the three of you back with us. Ranger, Brackle, is that correct? That's correct. Uh, tell me, uh, did you have success? Were you able to find the Princess Brianna? Well, we found a clue, but unfortunately, we, we believe she's safe, but we're not sure. We're not sure exactly where she is. Okay, I'm going to need you to roll me a deception check. I'll try really hard, given that my charisma is like negative 70. <laughs> oh, God. 14. Oh, that's not bad. We had found a clue, a trail, so to speak, but we have a reason to believe she's safe, just not assurance. You have a reason to believe she's safe? Where, where would she be safe outside the walls of Branshaw? She was taken. Yes, she was taken... But so we found her captor. Oh, you f- well bury the lead, Brackle. Tell me, uh, who was her captor? We don't know. He was uh, a no name, and his throat was cut. So uh, he also had various claw marks, like fingernail marks. Looks like uh, our princess can take care of herself. You see, Sir Tarek, you sent us off into the woods to go find this woman, and we find. She's already escaped. We we fight masses of spiders. We fight all sorts of oh things my. in the woods. And, and and then here we come back here, thankless. 
uh, you know, we've we've only bled for you. We've only, oh. you know, already already gone so far. And uh, Sir Tiefling, please forgive me if I was misleading. This is not a thankless reunion. I'm simply trying to ascertain what it was that went on. I mean, if the Lady Brianna has indeed escaped her captors, then why hasn't she returned? That's a great question. She she escaped. We know for sure, but. Our good buddy uh, Brackle here couldn't follow the scent. Uh, tis true. Uh, I'm ashamed to say that despite all of my training in the wilds, in the forests surrounding Branshire, it was it was strange. I found the trail for a while, and then it just vanished. It was pretty sad to watch, really. Any hound could have found her. That's- Based on the stories I've heard, it seems like he spent most of his time gathering eggs in the wild. <laughs> We had to eat while we were out there, but had any hound been able to do it, then I would have simply procured a hound. Mm. Unfortunately, I think that it is some magical means that she has used to escape. Magic? I recall in the courts of her father, you know, the previous mayor. Oh, yes. Our late Lord Solara. She enjoyed studying uh, under the mages, so perhaps she found a way to magically mask her trail something that she never told me and which would make sense given someone in her uh she never ceases to amaze me and the ingenuity she employs hmm. so wait who else in the room right now just the four of you okay saul's gonna, gonna while he was talking like try to nudge up buddy buddy beside the mayor so my lord as i'm used to be called is you're a lord i'm a lord uh so my question is she escaped Hmm. Who are her enemies? Why would anyone ever take her from the city in the first place? Surely you know something about this, and and I'd like to use sleight of hand. Okay. And I want to get my venomous dagger ready to go behind his back. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. You're readying your venomous dagger behind his back. All right. That's what what I want to do. Okay. Roll sleight of hand. (laughs) That's a plus six. What is it? I got an 18. That's pretty good. I'm lying. I got a four. <laughs> Are you lying? Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I got a four. So, four total? Uh, four plus six. I got a ten. It's not great. Ooh. Oh, God. You walk up to him, and you, uh, man, you have really screwed the pooch. I just... I walk up, like, beside him, and I start drawing my dagger. Okay. You step up beside him, and you draw your dagger. And uh, as you step up and you kind of like, you kind of slink up beside him to pull your dagger out with your hand behind your back, he immediately throws an arm up and he grabs you by the shoulder and he pulls you in tight Mm -hmm. to the point that you can feel the dagger like kind of crushed between the two of you. Whoa, whoa, calm yourself. I have a new toy to show you. What are you doing? Not like in a bad way. He's just kind of like side embracing you. You see what I'm saying? He just pulls you in like for a real tight embrace and it squeezes your hand between you and him. And he's actually a little more surprisingly strong than maybe you would have thought. Mm. And uh, he says, Saul, my friend, please trust me. If I knew who her enemies were, I would have their heads on a spike. Why use a spike? Look, look at this new dagger I found while fighting spiders in the woods. Oh, gosh. Roll me a deception check with disadvantage. <laughs> disadvantage. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I have a plus seven to deception. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah! I 
I got two twenties. Are you lying? He, he really just I got rolled two, two natural twenties. Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. That's insane. Two of them. <laughs> the the D and D gods are with me. He just rolled two natural twenties. I'm taking a picture of this crap. This is the best roll ever. Wow. I mean, you just saved your butt. I don't even know how this is possible right I'm now. I'm just saying. You just saved your butt. I'm just saying. I, I'm I'm kind of shaking. I'm not even gonna lie. That's how excited I am. <laughs> okay, you said um, you said you wanted to show him a new toy. <laughs> okay, and then you pull the dagger out. And you you kind of do a little trick and flip it, and you put it handle forward to him to let him see it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! I just I just I, I just flip it. I flip it around a few times, but I'm not gonna offer it to him. I'm gonna keep my hand on the handle and like hold the blade to where he can see what it is. Okay. He says, oh, that, that is an impressive-looking dagger. If you don't mind my asking, where, where did you find this on your travel? I pulled it out of the belly of a spider. <sighs> Good lord. Roll me a uh, roll me a d20. I got two nat 20s. This is, this is something totally separate. Just roll me a d20 real quick. It's an 18. You rolled an 18? Yes, sir. Okay, that's pretty good. He says, from the belly of a spider... Wow, that you all must have such amazing stories to tell. Uh, it's mainly just going through briars and killing spiders and a couple of wolves and coming back here to be, you know, like, hey, she got away. Kjorg, surely you have great stories to tell of your journey. Oh, God. I don't tell the stories. I just do the fighting. All business, no talk, <laughs> right? I mean, I talk, but I just... Y'all let my actions speak for themselves. Oh, right, right. It's simply an expression. Well, um, can't say I'm not a little disappointed that Brianna's not with you all back here, but it sounds like you really have done your work, and perhaps she'll return to us any moment. Perhaps she's waiting to make a big arrival for the final day of the festival. Sir, Sir Tark, is, is it true that your uh, wife is her sister? Yes. Brackle here told me some stories on the trail. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. My lovely wife, Bridget, she's the eldest daughter of Lord Tyrene Solaren, the... Where is she? What, is she the same, like, do they look the same? That way we know who we're looking for? Oh, well, of course, there are similarities, but I'm, I'm afraid that my dear Bridget, she's a bit under the weather. She's actually in her sleeping quarters trying to get rested. She really does hope to be available for the final day of the festival, but... She she's been a bit under the weather this this rain you know it's the final it's, day it, that's tomorrow right that is it's it's tomorrow perhaps I can assist I have uh, some talents with medicinal herbs as well as some healing magic that's very true ah uh, well I greatly appreciate your offer Brackle but we we of course have our best healers on it it's just a cold she just needs some rest of course of course sometimes I just I just worry. Right, uh, certainly. I've, I've been quite worried myself, w without a doubt. I'm sure you have. So, what kind of plans have going on on the last day of the festival? Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that, Kjorg. He's so subtle. So subtle. <laughs> As you may have noticed, well, things have been a little, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the festival, most certainly, but th the, the, the whole mood seems to be a bit down, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, it smells like feces, and there's so many people in the streets that you can't even move your cart through it. Of course, this is the worst festival I've ever seen. Uh, almost like someone running the city poorly. <laughs> well, <laughs> he looks at Kjorg, and he, he just kind of grins. Uh, Saul pulls out a cigar and lots it. 
Well, I'll be, to be fair, Georg, you're right. This is my first festival. So I, I didn't exactly, when I sent word to all the neighboring nearby cities, well, all the major cities in Manumie, to invite them to our festival to expand Brandshire's influence, I was not quite prepared to deal with the clutter. That's true. Logistical planning is key in these situations. Uh, perhaps I know a guy who's good at organizing things, uh, I can get you in touch for the next festival. Oh, is, is that so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we met ranging in the, in the wilds. Ah, well, you know, this time next year, I'll take you up on that. I certainly welcome some wisdom on this matter. So, do tell Sir Braxton, now that uh, you have your heroes back, what what would you want us for? What What did... what? message did we miss by not coming back to you instead of going out seeking to save a princess instead oh well i won't lie i was a bit disappointed that we weren't able to work together in a more shall we say public manner concerning finding princess brianna and i I was ready to equip you all with our best weaponry and even some men at your disposal to send out a search team looking for her but of course it seems that you all went out on your own volition and 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 that's that's perfectly fine that that's all right but now that you are back with the festival ending tomorrow, I would really like to bring things out on a high note. In fact, I'm expecting a shipment soon of, well, I'll tell you what, it's a secret, but I'll, I'll let you three know. I'm expecting a shipment of fireworks, actually, all the way from Venthaven. They're the best that we could get in such short notice, but our plan is to have a big parade tomorrow around dusk the ending of the last day as the sun sets of course and as a symbol of Palor's festival with the sun going down and and during that parade i would very much like for the three of you to be a part of it a part of the parade well i mean of course a parade uh the people would love to see me in a parade but w- wait 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 what are fireworks that's what i was gonna ask oh well uh, do you not have fireworks in branchire do we in Branshire. <laughs> um, some of you might... It's possible that you might would have seen them, but they are pretty rare. Ah. So probably not. Okay. I just kind of grunt. Mm. Fireworks. Well, perhaps you've heard... Simply what they are is they are enchanted um, things created in Venthaven by the wizards there. The wizard school, actually, the College of Magic in Venthaven, they, they produce them. Uh, and, and what they are is they're kind of like explosions of light in the sky. Oh, weapons. You're trying to blow up the city? No, 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 no. They they have no... They can't be used as weapons. They simply create bright, shining images in the sky. It's magic. Sounds terrible. Sounds dangerous. Sounds like something I'd see in hell. <laughs> well, I, I assure you, there's, there's no danger. It is simply spectacle. A spectacle worthy of the Festival of the Rising Sun. I make a pyromantics check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so can I count on the three of you to, let's say, I I would love to hire a cart and pull you through the Circle Street at the point of of dusk leading up to the big reveal of the fireworks and the ending of the festival. Would you three be amenable to that? It sounds like a lovely plan. We can put the champion here at the head of the cart that people will throw coin to him. Of course, I'm sure the people would love to see Kjorg again in action after his great prowess that was shown in the battles on Circle Street in the first day. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Great powers, huh? Well. You want to find out again? 
Saul looks sheepishly away. Brackle is a little uncomfortable with the thought of public display. No doubt. So he says, so uh, I would prefer to help with security, watch the crowds if that's okay. Public public uh, attention isn't one of my strong suits, you could say, or perhaps a thing I want at all ever. He says, ah, brackle, brackle, brackle. And as he does, he steps up and puts his arm around your shoulder. I fight the urge to tense, but I don't tense because that's how I do. Trust me, Brackle. A young man such as yourself, this is going to do wonders for your future and your love life. Believe me, it's not a matter of humility. It's crippling anxiety. That's just it. (laughs) Well, maybe some spirits in your belly will help you before that. That'll help me. Mm. Come on, what do I I have to do to convince you? Gold? We've got gold. No, I, I have... I'll do it. I mean, don't don't worry. I'll I'll be there. But I just want it to be known that I protest. Ah, well, that's what I wanted to hear. Well, it's been wonderful catching up with you all. Or, or do you have somewhere to stay for the night? Do I need to get you some provisions again? At, say at the Barley Barrel. Oh, we'll stay here, of course. You have guest rooms, right? We are the heroes. We'll stay here with you. Oh, um, well, yeah, uh, yes, I, I, I suppose I do have some. Some guest rooms, but I'm not. Sh- I don't. This I don't, does look like a nice place. I don't know. With with the lady Bridget being under the weather, I'm I'm not. Sh- All the better to have a good medic on hand. Well, she's staying in a room anyway. All right. Why don't Saul? Why don't you roll me a perception check? I got a sixteen. Total. Total. All right, and I'm gonna roll. Okay. Well, you know what. All right. I'll have the servants get some rooms ready for the three of you. Sure. Honored guests. How's that in in the mayor's house? (laughs) That sounds right up my alley. We are the champions, my friends. Well, I'm I'm sure the three of you would like to get back to the festival for the remaining hours. But tonight, you'll stay with me. That sounds perfect. I cannot wait. Will there be supper here or shall we sup outside? We can have supper here. That's no problem. We'll have food prepared. Wonderful. Well, for the moment, I need to get back to some mayoral duties, so I'll see you all back here around supper time. Yes, you should. It stinks outside. <laughs> uh, you, you're hilarious, Saul. And he turns and he, he walks toward the right side of the room where there's a doorway that leads into his office. Come, Brackle. Come, Kjorg. Let's find a drink. The three of you step outside, and I think that's where we're going to stop this week. Thanks so much to each of you for listening to this week's episode of Make Believe Heroes. If you have not yet done so, please go to Twitter or follow us at MBH Podcast to keep up with everything that's going on with the show. Go to facebook.com forward slash MBH Podcast. Go to our website, makebelieveheroes.com. Follow and subscribe over there on the website. But as for us, that does it for this week. We love you, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.